This podcast proudly brought to you by the Boy Scout. Yeah, this is definitely not an official podcast. Welcome back to Scouting with Dummies. Before we kick off, got to mention our sponsor for tonight's episode, and our sponsor is Anchor. So, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, and let me tell you why. One, it's free. Two, they have all the tools you need to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, which is awesome, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So, don't hesitate. Pause right here. Even before you listen to me, go out and download the free Anchor app or head on over to anchor.fm to get started today. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome back to Scouting with Dummies. Uh, Billy here. Billy here again. And I must apologize at first because I'm re-recording episode two right now. I've been using an automatic upload software for my podcast, and uh, apparently there was some user error. So that's why there's a gap between ooh, last week to this week. And I published last week's episode and I set up the whole schedule to get this one going. And, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, it'll publish. And I got it all set up. And that did not happen. So <laughs> I re-recorded part of this because I let the you guys down again with the uh, with listenership and everything. Getting another episode out of the gate. So, you know, before we jump into this, I'd like to thank... I think a couple people who sent some good messages in, good feedback in to the podcast here through our inbox. And one of those is TJL21 at yahoo.com. TJ here sent us a great feedback. He was like, it's good to have a candid approach. He said, I'm learning a little bit more about scouting since my son is getting ready to start a scouting journey. Thank you very much. Although you didn't answer the trivia question from last episode. And the person who answered it was... Be that baby mouth. Be that. Be that baby lady. Okay. Uh, be that baby lady got the answer to last week's trivia question, which was Ride of the Valkyries or Valkyries or Valkyries. Depends on how you say it. Richard Wagner composed that piece for an opera. And in the more modern era, if you don't listen to opera, which I know people who do, I don't, you would remember that. That song from the feature film Apocalypse Now. So, threw that one in there. This week, though, gonna, oh, before I go there, be that lady. Uh, we're gonna send you out a free koozie, Scouting with Dummies koozie. Even got an upgraded version that has the picture of this guy from our image. It's just a witch doctor outline, but you will have a free koozie. And we're actually getting stickers and t shirts made as well right now. So, it's in the budget for production. We're gonna get some stickers and t shirts made up, and you're gonna start getting a package when you win the trivia question. We are not gonna have a trivia question every week just to keep you guys, you know, guessing just a hair, just a little bit. But let's dive into today, shall we? What is the topic today? As the title of the episode suggests, Dead Scouts Walking. Or is it? Or isn't it? Hmm. And for this feature topic, if you're listening outside of the United States, this focuses all on the current Boy Scouts of America Chapter 11 filing and where are we? What's going on? And if you haven't been paying attention, I'm going to give you a brief, brief, brief backstory here. So last year, Boy Scouts of America filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy proceedings to consolidate their assets 
per, generate a protection layer, possibly for the future, and to establish a compensation fund for victims of sexual assault and abuse that could have incurred in scouting. And I know there's going to be some nitpickers back and forth. I've heard a lot of different things going, you know, here, there, everywhere from folks. And, you know, the initial reaction that a lot of people had, leaders had, were, what is going on? Why are we filing for bankruptcy here? Well, how it works in America is, you know, and other some other countries is you can sue anybody you want to, honestly. But some of these, uh, the, the bankruptcy proceedings was really to establish a compensation fund and make a layer of protection for the future, hopefully. Now, we're not saying that successful, you know, bankruptcy proceedings and how things are perceived all are interpreted to how the lawyers all fight it out. And of course, when you put a room full of lawyers together who want money, it turns bloodthirsty. Everybody has to do their, they want their piece of the pie. So, hmm, where do we go with that information now? So let's just take a minute and process. You know, some schools of thought here are, we should have been fighting. Where's no, what happened? There's none of this. And then there's the other schools, like all the scout leaders touch little children and abuse them and Then there's another school of thought with some of the generations of the sins of the fathers are paying for the, you know, paying with the future right now. So we're all paying for the past sins and aggressions. And there's no right answer there, first of all. You know, there's no right answer. Yes, you know, were the processes way back in the day for reporting abuse and assault very differently and more difficult? Yeah, we've established that multiple, multiple times that the patterns of abuse, patterns of, you know, neglect and things like that are often misreported, not reported or reported improperly for various reasons. And I give you the example of USA Gymnastics, primary one. Go look at the USA Gymnastics sexual assault cases. They, it's a, it's a entire organization built around brand trust to make money. And that's the same similar with scouting. You know, we're built around a brand and brand trust establishes our value to a point. And so when you break the brand trust with public, you know, you break the public's trust, your brand loses value and you lose a lot of money along the way. Um, you know, how were things handled improperly, this and this? I can't speak to the national. Was there a blacklist of people that they knew about? And was there this? And was there that? You can go Google search a bunch of stuff and be really confused. Bottom line, I don't know some of those details. What I do know in some aspects is we're going to share with you. So how has this impacted all of us? Well, in our local area, you know, here, you know, let's just start with staffing. Let's start with what we know. How does the money change? Yeah. How does the money change through chapter 11? So when you're an organization, a nonprofit, you rely on people. You rely on people to make you money through fundraisers, things like that, and through partnerships with some organizations. And for this example, I'm only going to focus on the money chain, you know, briefly at national, but more in the local area that you would you will see at your end most commonly. So for our national organization, how the money affect? Well, they start fire selling some stuff. Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> they fire sale off their national office properties. They reduce staffing. They move staffing around. They start restructuring how things will happen. And even then, most recently, if you were paying attention to the news, they're coming up off of one of the Norman Rockwell originals to sell, to put into the compensation fund. So that part aside, let's dive backwards and let's go into um, 
local area in your local council you know every new scout that signs up pays a membership fee for one year um it is prorated basically down through you know if you join six months in it's a less cost but annually you pay a membership fee um those membership fees or you know your recharter fee as it's called that actually a portion of it stays with your local council but the majority of it goes to national Portions of it pay for local insurance policies for your camps and things like that for your council. It also, activity fees or whatever they add into it, because each council can be different from another, funds portions of staffing. So less members automatically equals less money coming into a council. Now, from there, we also use fundraisers. You know, quarterly, whatever fundraisers, district events, things like that, that they host through a council and districts. So in our most areas, you have a fall popcorn fundraiser where all the scouts sell popcorn. A portion of the proceeds stay with the council. It raises money for the council. That pays to keep the lights on. At your camp, at your offices, it pays for the gas, it pays for the staff salaries, everything. Then, you know, they may have, from, you know, odds and end offsets. Locally, we do an oyster roast. We do these wine tasting events that are, you know, $60, $70 a ticket. We do top golf challenge days. We do partnerships with restaurants. All that money goes back in to our council to keep the lights running so we have full-time staff. That's where the money comes from. Now, if you're going to hit a trend here in a minute, uh, that all is based on public perception, trust, image and membership. You have to have scouts to sell product. You have to have positive image, you know, to have brand trust and public trust to attend your events and participate to bring your membership up and accomplish all of these objectives. So where does that leave us right now? You know, minus COVID hitting last year at the same time, similar to the lawsuit and everything being shut down, membership in our local area plummeted. Partly due to COVID, there was a lot of people who took this opportunity to go, I'm done with scouting. And they let their units collapse in on themselves. No communication, very little effort. And when children, especially children, come to their parents, say, I'm bored. We're not doing anything. I want to go play soccer now. Or I want to play baseball now. It makes it easier when a parent sees nothing is happening to make that decision to go, yeah, well, they're not really doing anything. You're right. You know, we haven't been on camps or we can go camping on our own. There's all kinds of myriads. So... We have to find the middle ground. Staying active, the units who stayed active through the pandemic have been great. We're still in there. We have lost members. And the easy blame here that you hear a lot of in our local areas is COVID's killed us. COVID's took my members away. COVID's did this. COVID's done that. But in reality, when you ask the key question, where did everybody go? Why did you leave? COVID became the easy scapegoat. What they don't talk about is the brand trust. The whole lawsuit endeavors everything have broken the brand trust. Okay. And that in turn, you know, there was restrictions put on what we could and couldn't market, you know, marketing for most areas here relied on going into schools and making kids get all excited and bringing kids into scouting from a school. What happens when your schools don't let you in? You send a flyer out and you just try and make do. So we lost our main and only avenue of marketing in our area, our area. And so it forced a redesign and a rethink because we broke tradition with, oh my gosh, now we can't get into schools. What are we going to do it for ourselves? And everybody has had a huge rethink of how you try and fight back on that. And a lot of it turns down to, yet again, the units and volunteer staffing 
should market their unit and do a social media campaigns, online media marketing. You basically have to become a market, have a marketing specialist in your unit now. And that, you know, it's another layer of things as people talk about. And, you know, we could go left and right with a bunch of these discussions, but I'm going to keep it focused on the chapter 11, the bankruptcy, what's happening. And I promise I won't delve down a side rabbit holes too much. Um, so, you know, when the, when the public trust and everything's broken, you don't have membership. COVID was the easy scapegoat, but in reality, more and more people I talked to said, I don't want to be affiliated with your organization. Look what they've been doing to children. Look how they hid things from people. Look how they didn't do this and look how they didn't do that. And I don't want my children in that environment and that risk. Oops, sorry. My phone just went off. My bad. I'm a human over here. I'm recording, so I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> edits, edits. Uh, can we rewind and edit? No, nah, I'm good. So, yeah. How does that come into the picture? And, you know... We ignored it. People ignored it, but it was a reality that that trust was broken. And now we have to address the real issue here. How did it all start? So I have to be careful with how I say this. So, you know, I know things that I shouldn't probably know. Knowledge, if you ever want to listen to this, knowledge is not always power. <laughs> Sometimes ignorance is bliss completely. So how did the lawsuit chapter 11 filings happen? Well, first of all, I can tell you that the cases that were brought up in a lot of areas, okay, they were some of these that kicked off this lawsuit. We're in the modern era. We're going to say the last five years, six years, okay? Of this, we followed the procedures that were established by National Chain. You know, I've done a lot of research, deep dive into these cases, pulled information that's public knowledge to figure out how do we get here? So I did a lot of independent research that you can go do. And I also talked to a lot of insiders, some, some industry insiders, okay, that I can't disclose who they are for reasons of they could lose their job and they could be sued. Um, so one of the cases was in the Midwest of America here, the United States, in the Midwest. And that case involved a sex offender who was accused of molesting several children on camping trips and things like that. He was a, he was a registered leader. So the area, the, the unit, the area, everything followed the procedures established by our national council, which was the incident as soon as it was re reported to leadership of the unit, that is, the unit leadership told their charter organization, the charter organization and the unit leadership went to the district and their council and reported it. And then the council and district reported it to local law enforcement to be investigated, prosecuted. Because we're not a prosecuting organization. We're a nonprofit. We don't go investigate people and, you know, do things like that. So the person in question, you know, is brought before court, brought before all the trial, everything. You know, it was done right. And a jury determined, a jury in a courtroom, completely unrelated to scouting. Because in scouting's point of view, scouting is done with this. It's reported to local law enforcement. The law has to then prosecute criminal charges and go with that. A jury found this man not guilty based on a lack of evidence. So he moves out of the state he was in to another state, becomes a leader in a scout unit there, and a little, oh, excuse me, not a scout unit, a little league team there, first, and then becomes a scout leader. Within 90 days, he is caught red-handed molesting a child on his baseball team. 
The lawsuit from the attorney of the child in the other state sued Scouting because they did not disclose to anybody that he was a possible sexual predator. We're not a prosecuting organization. We don't keep track. What you know, we don't put trackers and beacons on people. We're following legal steps and legal personas. That lawsuit ended up in a settlement. Yeah, that's right, folks. We lost because 99.9% of the time when it's in the jurisdiction of a child, we will lose uh, or you are less likely to win. So that's an example of many that exist out there. But how do we get to chapter 11 from there in a compensation fund? Like I've said before, how do we get there? So behind the scenes, our national organization turns around and starts hosting mock trials. They hire in an organization. They put out these mock trials if a child was abused or this, this, and they host mock trials with real mock juries and stuff like that in a courtroom. And out of all 100 of them they held, we lost, I think, every time but one or two of those like hundred cases that they did mock trials on. So instead of really doing what a lot of people wanted them to do, which is stand your ground and fight for your values and beliefs, they went ahead and said, "Mm, we're not going to get out of this one. Let's start this chapter 11. Let's do this consolidation piece. Let's do this. And then the groups of attorneys brought in the same gentleman out of retirement who was going to prosecute, who prosecuted the Catholic church. So now we're getting, you know, some real big players involved. And yeah, a lot of players. And it's getting serious. It's going to get deep. So who here wants to take an imaginative guess what happens when you get a bunch of people wanting money in the same room together with a bunch of attorneys in a class action lawsuit? One, it takes forever because they don't want to agree on anything. Two, they think everything you own now should be sold and belong to them. And they want as much money as possible for their victims, which is understandable. You know, it's completely understandable. I'm not going to fault or negative anybody for it. But now you know how we started the chapter 11 and a little bit about where we are. Uh, there were there some interesting rules around it about not advertising. Compensation fund has to be advertised. Yeah. All these small little nuances that were behind the scenes uh, that people didn't see. But one thing that hasn't happened since this started is... We haven't positively marketed ourselves in defense. We haven't stood up and said, hey, those are the actions of a few, not the actions of many. You know, one or two bad apples can spoil a bunch for you. But the fact of the matter is, when it comes to child safety over the past, you know, oh, shoot, even, you know, I'm trying to think when the redesign happened on it. I think over the past like eight years, the dust doesn't settle on making the youth protection training better every year there's tweaks to it changes to it this to it and you must redo your youth protection every two years but they're talking about annually increasing it you always can't mitigate or stop anybody if they really want to find a way to do it and there are stronger units and there are weaker units that you could have a predator or somebody god forbid get into and cause damage but we try to prevent it We try to recognize the signs and symptoms. We train our leaders, all of them, in how to recognize that with our youth protection program. So we're really sitting here now on the cusp, coming into this with what's going to happen? You know, what are we going to pay? What are we going to lose? We've lost a lot already. We've lost 
participants. We've lost members. We've lost parents, leaders. We have a poor brand trust and brand image uh, for our organizations. Um, we've lost national properties. We've lost things of that nature in this whole proceeding. And we still want more and more and more and more for the compensation fund. You know, right now, entitlement, yes, we should pay our victims. We should take care of the victims properly. But I'm going to play devil's advocate, not in a negative here, as an open statement to think about to for critical thinking purposes. How much do you give? How much? do? How far do you sacrifice to protect? You know, the organization's compromised and damaged, yes. We can rebuild from that. We can train. We can be better. We can make a difference. We still make a difference in youth, youth in our communities, everything. But it's easy to focus on negative. It's hard to f- go dig for positives, especially nowadays in our social media era and everything else. False news and bad news can be given to you twice as fast, and you have to search for good news. That's the hard pill to swallow. Um, you know, the blood pools continue. They still want more and more and more. It, it, the lawyers... You know, as this happened too, there were secret information pieces behind the scenes. Certain organizations that lost their lawsuits against the BSA started paying money to the lawyers who were fighting the battle on this one to make life harder for us. And I can't talk on that topic too much. I can't elaborate deeper than that, guys. I'm sorry. I want to, but I can't. I have to hold my I have to hold my tongue here. <laughs> I'll give some stuff away that I shouldn't give away. But I will tell you this. They kept wanting more. Sell this property. We're going to take this. You, these are our assets. You must give us this. You know, they go so far as in our local area, there's funds that are held in trust for estates that were given to our organization to be paid out in an annual dividend. To support long term. I mean, this was an estate of a a person who passed away in the mid 90s, I believe, and he left a large portion of his estate to support scouting scholarships so children could take part in scouting. And because he had been in scouting his whole life and he saw what it did for children who needed it. It went so far as they were saying that that money belongs to them, that we have to report that because that's our money. You know, we, we can use that. You'll have to pay that. No, you can't take something that someone else left and it pays into a dividend. You know, it can be donated. There's earmarks. There's ways to work. You can't just arbitrarily lay your hands on it. So the blood-hungry lawyers even went so far as to uh, try and claim properties, things of that nature, up until the point that some other banks and financial institutions had to step in and tell them, you can't claim property that we own because they're paying for this and we own it. So unless you're buying it, you need to back off. (laughs) But that's how these lawsuits work. They sit at the table, they arbitrate, they want everything, and then we settle at some point in time. So it's it's, it's going to be coming to an end, you know? And it, it's, it's going to end this year. How is it going to end is a big question. Well, one, as I've talked about with my adults and parents and people in our in our area about scouting, we must draw the line locally. We must draw a line of this is who we are. We're here for your community. We support me. We're here for your children. We teach our children great skills. And we set them up for success long-term in life while allowing them to make experiences and memories in the outdoors and you know, science and technology areas in a huge, impactful manner. 
And we need to sell that to ourselves because it's far too easy for people to sit around and stare at a screen and read only the negatives that are fed to them and paid as an advertisement to be pushed in front of them. We have to turn around and stand up and show people the positives, not just, oh, this and this, but what we do. And the dust is going to settle. So, you know, they may require local councils in areas to pay into the compensation fund based on damages or something. They may, you know, require certain restrictions later on. We don't know yet. What we do know is for scouts and scouters who sit here as volunteers, who see every day, every day I see the benefit and the impact that this has on children's lives in a positive manner. It's a program that needs to continue for a hundred years in our country here in the United States, just in case you're living abroad and you're listening abroad or you live in another country and listening for a hundred years. We have made a difference in people's lives. We have graduated many, many Eagle Scouts and it's, it needs to continue. I see what it does for kids who don't have stability in their lives this is the place they come and feel not only safe, they feel welcomed, they feel a part of something that's bigger than them, and they also get skills and get taught more from, a, from role models and positive role models that they may not have every day. And it's easy to point the finger at the problem, but, you know, the problem doesn't exist everywhere. We ourselves can survive. We can survive. But it's all about who's leading us since the CEO of Boy Scouts of America right now is a corporate bankruptcy specialist and not a CEO of a nonprofit outdoor organization. We can survive. But how? How is the question? How is the question we think about every day? Every day in our councils and districts and how are we going to survive? And we start with something small. I want you all to think about this one piece right here. Start with something small. Walk outside at your scout unit. If you're a scouter listening to this, walk down the street with your kid in uniform and you in uniform if you're a leader and just smile and tell people hello. I hope you're having a good day. You can make a difference in somebody's life sometimes just telling them to have a good day. And there's no greater experience that I share with that is my pastor told us a couple weeks ago about his experience with not wanting to change the church sign. He had forgot to change the church sign for the indoor service and they were meeting again and it was dragging on him so much that he had other things to do and priorities to do, this to do, that to do. And it was it was bothering him, but he didn't want the sign. Something told him he needed to change the sign to make sure people knew they were having church indoors and back in person. He, he went back at, at 7 o'clock that night and changed the sign to church indoors here, come one all, come welcome, and it's a digital sign. There was a gentleman walking to end his own life. He stopped beside the sign and read it and decided to come to church and came to church. And he's saved right now. He's getting help. He found help. But that's what we have to do. Just go change the sign. You know, change what we have we we are doing. Go say hi to people. Go be seen in your community. Go be seen around your other parents and adults. And, you know, the people who naysay that I wouldn't trust my son or daughter or 
you know, relatives, kids or brothers, kids, whoever's kids around a scout leader, they're just going to touch them inappropriately or abuse them. You know what? That's spoken from a hollow ground, from hollow ground and a hollow stance. Because until you come meet people, and not everybody's perfect. I get it. I know my fallacies. I know where I fall short and where I can do better. I, I try and self-examine and be a better leader for the kids and be a better parent. But until you walk out and you see what we do for real, you don't have a place to comment sometimes. And the simplest part I put about that is in the height of a pandemic, we did our annual scouting for food campaign and raised more food donations for our homeless shelters, our loaves and fishes markets, and all of our stuff in our entire area here than we have in the past three years. We're there. We're here. We won't, we're going to stay. We will survive. We weather a storm. We show what we are made of by how we stand tall. And also, one last tidbit of note here is in the modern world, we have to take ownership of our units, our areas, and support one another in units. Because we don't support each other's units through social media, through marketing, and we don't support each other, then we are fighting independently, and that makes us weaker. We have to stand united and stand together. Scouting has always been about unity, community, you know, service, duty to God, and it needs to stay that way. And we can do that very easily. So if we all stand together and we all make that one step to stand up, walk in our communities, go, we're here, this is what we do to help, and this is what your children benefit from, you know, I think we'll make it. I know we'll make it. And I'll be around a lot longer to annoy all of you with my information. And that's about as brief of a snapshot I can make. Like I said, no trivia question today. No interesting. I'm going to leave you guys with that thought process. Stew on a little bit. Think about it. Think about how you could, you know, independently encourage people around you who aren't leaders in scouting to volunteer to help a scouting function. I didn't say go sign up to be a leader. If you're listening to this and you don't know anything about scouting, go to a local scout unit. Watch the kids have fun and just talk to them about how I could come help you with an event. Just something that simple. But think about that. We'll see you all for our next episode. And it's going to be a double drop since I recorded, re-recorded this one. Be on the lookout for the star stall coming right up to double, double episode week, double episode week. Trivia question will be in the next episode. You guys have a great day. Thank you very much. Billy Witch Doctor is out. <laughs>